All right, folks, welcome into another episode of the Windmill Dynasty Hockey Podcast. With me today, I have Evan Lee. Welcome. Thanks for having me on the show, Kevin. Appreciate it as always. Well, uh, for today's episode, we're doing something a little special. Uh, With the start of the Prospect League season starting tomorrow, we are going to go over the 80 best under-the-radar prospects uh, for the NHL going into this season. We're going to start alphabetically with Anaheim and work all our work our way down all the way to uh, Washington. No, Winnipeg apparently is the last team uh, alphabetically in the NHL. I Yeah, that's right. Okay, I can't spell. So, starting with Anaheim, we've got three prospects. Uh, Connor Havidston. He actually, you drafted him. No, did you picked him up this year, did you not? Yeah, I, I picked him up this year. Yeah, he's a or he's last a, year, I should say. He's yeah. a he's a fifth round pick of uh, the Swift Current Broncos, or he was a fifth round pick from Swift Current. He's uh he's a good center, nothing too special, but uh, you know he put up some good numbers last year. And if he keeps going, you know he he he's definitely gonna have a spot in the AHL for next year. So keep an eye out for Connor Havidston. Um, moving along, another here's an actual draft pick of yours, Carrie Terrence. Um, oh yeah. What do you think of Terrence? Uh, a second rounder. Um, what was it? I didn't even really know about him until until what was it? I was drafting in our league actually, and surprisingly, I was able to get him in, in the third round of our league. He's a second round uh, pick in this past uh, in this past draft in the NHL, um, and I was actually really impressed with him. The more I kind of researched and then looked into him, the more I was impressed. He didn't really play on the most, you know, stacked. Uh, junior team so far. I mean, we you, you were telling me about that, Kevin, but it was exciting to kind of see him play also in the uh, uh, U. It was the U eighteen. Yeah, yeah. He right? looked pretty U, good. U eighteens. He did look good. He looked very capable out there. So definitely excited to see you know what progression he could take um, in under know, in, in his game next. A little underrated piece of information about Terrence. He did score thirty goals last year in the OHL. Uh, so he's he's not you know he's actually really not that under the radar per se. Uh, he's actually going to have some good teammates. He's got Malcolm Spence and he's also got Martin Miziak, who we'll get to later. Um, I'm a big fan of Martin Miziak. Uh, one other player on Anaheim that you know he's he's flying under the radar for the simple reason that Anaheim has so many defensive prospects. Um, you know Tristan Luno won QMJHL uh, Defender of the Year. You had Pavel Minchikov winning OHL Defender of the Year, and then you had Olin Zellweger winning WHL Defender of the Year. So I mean, they're stacked on the back end. But uh, one that doesn't get a lot of uh, hype is Tyson Hines, and I believe he played for the Canadian World Junior Team last year too. So um, definitely a player that you know he's kind of buried on that uh, on that depth chart. But I, I like his game. Uh, Moving yeah, on. I mean, oh, I was gonna say really quickly. Oh, it's yeah, funny that it. he's under. He's it's funny that he's underrated because he's he's almost a point per game defenseman in the queue. So just shows you how good Anaheim's prospect uh, pipeline is on the on the on the blue line. Yeah, part of me really wanted to add a Vojtech Port to the Anaheim list, but I, I wanted to keep this list around eighty. So uh, yeah, Port is another guy. If you are. If you want to get a really under-the-radar guy, like Edmonton Oil Kings sucked last year, and uh, I don't think they're going to be nearly as bad this year. So if you want to get someone like way under the radar, Vojtech Port is another good name. Moving on to Arizona, we've got our biggest name on the entire list, probably. That would be uh, Dmitry Simashev. He was viewed as a bit of a reach. I did not think he was a reach. I thought he was arguably the best defender in the draft. I had him just behind David Reinbacker, uh, seventh on my rankings. 
I, I love Simashev, and now that the reports are coming out, he's actually six foot seven. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I, I don't know if that is entirely true, but if he is like six six, six seven, uh, with his skating ability, good lord, that kid's going to be great in a few years. So I like what Arizona is doing, bringing in big, big, big name prospects that have just incredibly high ceilings. Like that team is never good. Why not just shoot for the like, just shoot for the stars? Yeah, definitely. The next guy on the list that's interesting, I really haven't heard too much about him, so I'm just pulling up my own right now. Vadim Moroz. Is, is, am, I, am I saying this right? Yeah, Moroz. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big yeah. fan. He's had a good start to the year in the KHL, and uh, he's a big body, and he's only 19 years old, and uh, he was a third-round pick this year, so, you know, he's... Uh, he's no. It's it's a good start, you know. He's 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 on pace for around thirty five points in the KHL, which you know, as a nineteen year old, that's uh, that's pretty good. That's not that's not too shabby. But something else I wanted to point out really quickly was that last year, I'm just noticing this. He actually played um, in the KHL and in the MHL. So for those of you that are not familiar with how the Russian leagues work, you have the MHL, the VHL, and then the KHL. Um, so the VHL is essentially the AHL russian equivalent and so this guy jumped from like a third tier division to the best division you could play in of russian hockey last year and he played more games in the khl than he did in the mhl so that's quite fascinating to uh to look at so maybe this guy could be like an under the radar kind of gem pick you know later on a couple of years later where people were like where did this guy come out from so uh, yeah that could it's... be an interesting pickup for uh, for those of you looking for someone a bit more under the radar it was interesting to see there was quite a few uh, like 18 and 19 year olds taken in the in the draft this year from Russia. So it's part of that would have to do with COVID. And I think a lot of it just has to do with Russian players get a little bit more playing time as they get older and they get you know a little bit more chance to show what they're capable of. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for Vadim Moroz. If if someone is willing to trade Simashev cheap, like jump on that because um, he will not be cheap for much longer. Put it that way. Uh, moving on to the Boston Bruins, their prospect pool is relatively thin, but there's two players that I really like, uh, starting with Matt, Matthew Poitras. Uh, I saw a lot of him last year. Um, being that I live in Kingston, I see a lot of OHL, and he had himself a year, uh, increased his assist total by over, like he went from 29 assists to 79 assists last year. So um, yeah, his playmaking is, is really, really advanced. Um he was one of the few players that I noticed that actually stood out on that Guelph team. I remember when I went to see them play against Kingston, uh, this was when Cam Allen was projected to be a top 10 pick. And I, I, I thought to myself, there's, there's no way Cam Allen is a top 10 pick if this is what he actually looks like. We'll get to Cam Allen later, but uh, Poitras was one of the few players on that Guelph team I actually really liked. Daniel Zilkin had a few moments, but he doesn't really impress me all that much. So yeah, Matthew Poitras, definitely keep an eye out for him. He's uh, he's going to be one of Boston's better prospects moving forward. They also have a guy going into the AHL this year I really like. Uh, he played at Ohio State for the last few years, and that's Mason Lowry. I am a big fan. you want to tell us why you're a big fan? Because you rave about this guy all the time. Yeah, he's a great puck mover. He's a big, big, big body. And uh, his, defensive, his defensive game is really improving. Uh, and one thing that I did notice was there was a lot of talk about him coming from training camp. Um, not training camp, but uh, from development camp, it, it appears that his defensive game has really improved, and uh, he's he's starting to to you know catch notice from a lot of Bruins players. So, I would expect Lowry to get a call up at some point this year, especially if there are injuries. Um, 
he's I think he's just going to be too good in the AHL to 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 keep down there for for an extended period of time. Okay. Well, interestingly, I just one thing I want to point out about these two guys. Um, these these guys are both second round picks by the Bruins. So, you know, like Kevin was saying, thin prospect pool. But maybe if you're looking for for prospects that are, I guess, underrated under under the radar, these guys might be um, some players that might pique your interest. One's a center, the other one's a defenseman. Yeah, and it's I always try to find teams that don't have deep prospect pools because you tend to just get players that you know they'll have opportunity and that's all you really need in fantasy. So, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a player that, you know, could make impact, all you have to do is just find a weak depth chart and someone's going to climb that. So uh, moving on to the Buffalo Sabres, there's two players here that, you know, I was, I was trying to find prospects that aren't big names and Buffalo just has so many of them. Uh, I think they did a good job though. Uh, the first one is a guy that I have a lot of shares of, and that's a uh, Viljami which I'm probably saying this wrong. It's probably Viljami Mariala. If you don't pronounce the J's, I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, that probably sounds more right. Yeah, Viljami Mariala. He has, uh, he's playing for TPS in Liga, and he's actually off to a very hot start. Uh, and he's he's always put up really good numbers in uh, in Finland. So he's, he's definitely a player to keep an eye on. Uh, I don't know enough about him. I haven't really seen him play, but based off of the statistical profile... Uh, he was a fifth-round pick in 2021, but he's already got four points in three games in Liga, and he was close to a point per game last year, and he dominated the uh, U20 SM Sarja. So, Viljami Mariala is is a player to keep an eye on. If you just want to throw a dollar, or I don't know how waivers work in other leagues, but we use bid money, um, I, I would recommend picking him up and just stashing him, and you never really know. Um, he could get traded, you know, he could he could go somewhere else, but... You know, it's never a bad idea to pick up talent. The other player on Buffalo to keep an eye on is Ethan Miedema. Uh, another Kingston Frontenac. I, um, his skating needs to improve, but he's he's got a, like a spring-loaded shot. And you saw it towards the end of the year when he started to get a little bit more comfortable in Kingston. I would expect him to, uh, to have a big year just because Kingston will be a better team. Yeah, and something I didn't even realize he's a he's a big kid actually, six foot four, two hundred and seven pounds. Very uh, big left kid. Left shot, left shot forward. Yeah, it's uh, his size definitely shows. Kingston's got a few of those guys that are just big, big bodies. They don't necessarily move the best, but uh, he's he's going to be an interesting player. I think he could end up putting some really big numbers up in the OHL this year. He looked really good in Windsor before he got traded, uh, along with Gavin McCarthy to uh, to the France for Shane Wright. In a, in a deal that I think the Frontenacs would probably, I think they would want to do that deal again, maybe just because, you know, Gavin McCarthy never showed up. So it really was just Ethan Miedema for Shane Wright and a few picks. That's kind of a rough deal, but eh, they weren't getting, they were, they were never going to get much for Shane Wright. So that's okay. Moving on to the Calgary Flames. There's two goalies on this list that I really like. Uh, Arseny Sergeyev. Uh, he's going to be the starter for Connecticut this year in the NCAA. He's had some really good numbers. He was the USH, USHL goalie of the year, I think, two years ago. Um, I'm a big fan of his, and I've got a few shares of him. Another one to look out for is Yegor Yegorov. Um, I saw a few Twitter posts uh, from different analysts, and they were pointing out his development curve and, uh, his, and how his statistical profile is very similar to a goalie who plays for the Islanders named uh, Ilya Sorokin. 
Uh, Yagrov is a sixth-round pick, but his first few games in the MHL this year have not disappointed. I believe he has a 951 save percentage and a 1.18 goals against average, if I'm not mistaken. You're very close. Yeah, I know. I've, I've, I've been keeping an eye on him because, well, uh, he's going to be in my starting lineup week one of the prospect season, so... Yeah, I've, uh, I see. I've got big okay. hopes for this kid. I've got big hopes for him, and I, I hope he, uh, I hope he doesn't let me down. Put it that way. Okay. Uh, the only other player on Calgary here is Parker Bell. Um, Parker Bell is—he's uh, a Tri City American, if I'm not mistaken. But I might be getting a few of these confused. No, he does play for the Tri City Americans. Uh, I noticed him a lot watching Lucas Dragachevic. I am a big fan of his. He's a big body, but he can skate. Uh, so definitely a player to keep an eye on. Um, he's going to have to improve his, his offensive output, but you never really know. He actually did score an assist in, uh, in an AHL game too last year. So that's, it's not a bad start. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, was that a little bit of an older prospect here? He's 20. Um, so he, he, I think he has one more year left in the, uh, in the WHL. And then uh, from there, he really has to make a jump into the uh, into the AHL, into the Wrangler system um, for Calgary. So definitely a guy that you could you could see a great season out of, as overagers tend to perform at basically point per game levels, the good ones at least. And he was a point per game. Be good ones. Yeah, and he was a point per game player last year. He had uh, sixty four points in fifty five games. Brings quite a bit of toughness too. He's yeah, uh, so- I'm a fan of him. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. So definitely a, a, a solid prospect there. Um, I guess moving on now, Carolina. Uh, don't you love Carolina's? Uh, I originally had Alexander Nikishin. Strategies. Oh, I love their drafting strategy. I'm all on board with their drafting strategy. I wish more teams had that, you know, that mantra. But if everyone did, then you know, you would see less steals. I would imagine. Yeah, no, but definitely uh, interesting ones. So first guy on this list, Justin Robita. I actually have him in my prospect pool. Um, he is that classic protocol, uh, prototypical small forward with um, some upside in terms of skill. But with Robita, it's really more the playmaking that you're that you're really looking at there for him. Um, five foot seven, one seventy two. So on the smaller end. He is the he is related to uh, Stefan, right? I believe. Let me just take a quick check on that. I'm not 100 percent sure there. One thing that I always loved about uh, Justin Robida is uh, when tracking your team last year, it was just it was really fun every week to be like, I wonder how like I wonder what his faceoff percentage was this week because he was consistently around 50. I want to say 58 to 62 percent on the faceoff, and uh, anyone who is that proficient at the faceoff dot tends to find a way to uh, get minutes in the NHL. And if there was anyone I would bet on, I would bet on Robida. He's from Plano, Texas, and his dad is Stefan Robida. That is correct. So you and are, you are bloodlines there. Um, definitely. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, w- I would bet on bloodlines before I bet on, you know, a lot of other things. Uh, You'll you'll see you'll actually see that a few times here. There's a few uh, there's a few players that have NHL bloodlines on this list. So we're gonna keep moving. Um, I have Jaden Perron. Jaden Jaden Perron is the other yeah. Carolina Hurricane. Um, I really wanted to put Alexander Nikishin on this list, but like if you don't know about Alexander Nikishin, you probably have your head buried no. in the sand. Um, 
he's also going to be like, he's probably going to score 70 points in the KHL this year. Just, just an unreal prospect. Basically, I would say he's Victor Hedman, uh, just ready to go once he gets to the NHL. So um, just another piece for Carolina to add to their already stacked team in the future. Uh, moving on to the Chicago Blackhawks, there's three players that I really like here. Isaac Phillips was a bit of a late bloomer in the OHL, but he ended up getting a contract with uh, Chicago after getting drafted. And I think he's going to end up getting some playing time this year. There's going to have to be some injuries, but that that defensive core for Chicago is kind of up in the air right now. Guys like uh, Phillips and Ethan Del Mastro, who I think is probably well more well-known than Phillips, but I, I expect Del Mastro and Phillips to both get some some run this year. Uh, there are two forward prospects that I really like. Both came from this draft. Mm. So the first one on the list here is uh, Nick Lardis. Um, Lardis is really interesting. He had a second-half surge to his uh, draft-eligible season. Um, just really like your classic kind of offensive prospect with like it's either top six upside or he's going to be like an AHL player. It's, it's kind of like that kind of picture with with lardis but if you want offense lardis is your guy he will bring the offense for you especially the goal scoring yeah skating and shooting those are two things that lardis has uh, in abundance the rest of the game has some has some work uh, has some work needed but I, I think lardis has potential to be a he could be a pure goal scorer kind of in the realm of like mike hoffman Maybe not the best comparison, but you know, I, I whenever I think of a goal scorer who doesn't bring a lot of uh, other attributes, I think of Hoffman. So, um, the other player on this team, uh, he played for Youngstown last year in the USHL, and that's Martin Miziak. He's going to be joining Carey uh, Terrence uh, with Erie in the OHL this year. And one thing I'm really interested in with Miziak, he was the number one import player. He was the number one pick in the CHL import draft, and I. Th- I think the reason for that is I think a lot of teams watched him and they said he has a lot of interesting attributes to his game. Uh, you would see him occasionally just unload wristers in transition and you're like, oh, like this this guy can really shoot and he can really do a lot. The issue was that he just didn't really get the puck much because he played with Will Whitelaw. And we'll get to Will Whitelaw later, but... Um, when you play with Will Whitelaw, you're probably not going to have the puck on your stick too much. And that was an issue for Miziak last year where he just, he kind of was stuck in the shadows. I expect him to absolutely break out this year with Erie. He's had a great preseason and uh, I really expect that to continue for him. So uh, definitely a player you're going to want to pick up before he goes nuclear this year. Um, moving on to Colorado, there's three players on this list. Two of them are probably decently well-known. Uh, there's Nikolai Kovalenko. He needs to get out of start? Russia. Yeah, you, you go, because you know more about Barons for sure. No, 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 not, not Barons. I actually really want to talk about Kovalenko, because Kovalenko kind of came out of nowhere. This guy is, the, he, I feel like amongst guys on this list, Kovalenko fits this list so well, because this guy kind of came out from obscurity. So he's a six-round pick back in 2018. He's a 23-year-old, 5'10", 185-pound forward. Um, he put up basically point in a game, point per game numbers last year in the KHL, fifty four points in fifty six games for. Uh, I can't even know. I can't even like say this properly. This is Russian. Sorry, uh, you know, apologies for that. But basically, point per game player in the KHL that is super super impressive. 
I know he's a little bit older, so in his development cycle, you know, he's reached a point now where very soon he should, you know, it's kind of that tipping point where is he going to materialize in the NHL? Is he not, right? Is he going to be a good pro player or an NHLer? So that's something that we have to kind of look at. But, I mean, if last year's any indication, um, this year he's off to a torrid start, eight points in six games over point per game in the KHL. That is pretty fantastic so if you're a Colorado fan I'm sure maybe you've heard a little bit about him but to the rest of the league this guy's a bit of an unknown um so definitely a perfect uh, perfect candidate on this list so good job to you Kevin on this and he has signed his contract and uh, if you are wondering for the for the people out there he plays for Torpedo Nizhny Novgorod that's my best Russian uh, Torpedo Nizhny Novgorod yes we try yeah yeah you, you did a better job than I could have, so hats off to you, Kevin. <laughs> there we go. And uh, we'll move on to uh, Sean Barron's. Uh, I don't necessarily, like, I haven't seen him play enough, but uh, I, I'm a fan, put it that way. Like, when I have seen him play, he's he's looked pretty good. Uh, he played for the World Junior Team last year, had a solid tournament, not spectacular, but solid. He's going to be back for the University of Denver this year. And uh, if you're... If you're looking for a prospect that could come in maybe in a year or two for the Avalanche, I would expect Barons to be one of those guys. Um, there's one other player I have for Colorado, and I only have him on this list because I saw him play a lot last year, and when I did, he almost always stood on his head, and it was just incredible to watch, and that's even Ivan Zhigalov. So he played for the Frontenacs last year. The, the underlying statistics weren't anything to write home about, but, you know, I would go to games where they would have 50 shots against and he would just be like, he would allow four goals or five goals, but there would be five or six times throughout the game where you'd just be like, how did he make that stop? Like he had no business making some of the saves he made. And when he gets hot, he's really hard to beat. And if he just had a better team in front of him, he could have really had a spectacular season last year. Um, he's going to be in the US USHL this year, so... You know, it's um, not the best league for his development, in my opinion, but if he has a bounce back year, I do expect him to move on and maybe get to the AHL within a year or two. He's, you know, he's the ultimate, like, just take a chance on a goalie and hope for the best. But from what I have seen, you know, there's very few goalies who can steal games the way he does. So keep an eye out for him. Uh, moving on to Columbus, we've got Martin Reishavi. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. He's a big, big, big kid from uh, from the Czech Republic, and he can move. Um, doesn't really have much offensive uh, production to speak, though, and that's the only thing that's concerning about him. You know, you watch him play, and you just wonder, like, he's 6'3", 220. He drives the net so well. He's so hard to knock off the puck, yet the it just hasn't translated into production yet in the WHL, so... Um, I would like to see some more production, but um, if if you want to bet on a kid that's just big and that can move, like I, he was a seventh round pick, and you know why not? Uh, the other player we already mentioned earlier, Will Whitelaw, talent for days, but I need to see I need to see him utilize his teammates. I need to see him, you know, uh, for lack of better term, give a shit defensively. I try not to swear on this podcast, but you know, Will Whitelaw is just such a frustrating player. The kid can make, you know, can make anything he wants happen offensively, but then you'll just see him like he, he's he's the closest thing I've ever seen to a cherry picker. 
at, at that level of hockey. Like the amount of breakaways he has every game is just wild. Oh God. But he's just like he's he's looking for breakaways every single chance. Like any any time he can get one, he's he's looking for it. And it's it often means his team just struggles defensively when he's on the ice. But uh, some of the skill and some of the some of the the talent he has, you really you can't teach. Um, you can only teach that to a certain level, and he's got it. So it's funny. Like he actually dropped in a few of our drafts this year. Like he dropped in the prospect draft, startup draft I ran this year. He dropped in our rookie draft too, and it was surprising because like it's fantasy hockey. You don't have to worry about you know personal problems. You don't have to worry about uh, any of the things that actual NHL teams worry about. All you want is statistical production, and he could end up being that guy. You just, you know, he could be a headache for your NHL team. That's all. So, yeah. Uh, Well, moving on. Yeah, let's move on. um, Moving on here, Dallas Stars. So, first guy on our list here. I mean, I like both these these prospects. So, uh, first guy, Chase Wheatcroft. So, he is a bit of an older prospect. He's 21, six foot two, 174 pound uh, left shot center. Maybe he's probably going to end up playing the wing in the NHL, depending on if he's good enough in the draws or defensively overall. But um, last season, this guy in the WHL was pretty prolific offensively. He was a top top three by the end of the season. I, I think, think he was top three. I think he was second in scoring. Yeah, second in scoring. 107 points in 68 games, 47 goal, 47 goals, 60 assists. So. Uh, pretty uh, pretty darn good for the uh, Prince George Cougars in the WHL. So um, a smart, astute pickup from from Dallas because guys that you know progress like this at the rate that he did or the progress the the jump that he made um, usually always a good thing. And then so we'll see if he can kind of continue that development uh, forward in the uh, in the AHL for the Texas Stars for Dallas and. Uh, yeah, just a really intriguing pick because as far as I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, but I believe he was undrafted. So this is an undrafted signed prospect. You are correct. He was an undrafted signed prospect. And what I find most fascinating about Weecroft was that he played on a line last year with two players that got drafted. He got uh, he played with Riley Hyatt and Cohen Zemer. And um, I'm going to be 100% honest here. I think both of those players fell in the draft because scouts started to probably wonder and rightly wonder how much of their production is due to Weecroft. Like he drove the offense on that line. Um, I, I cannot understate how good of a player Chase Weecroft is. Like he might never make the NHL. If he doesn't, he's going to have a very successful career in Europe. The kid, like his puck handling skills are up there with like some of the best prospects in last year's draft. The when he has the puck, you know something incredible is probably going to happen. And um, it showed last year uh, with with Prince George. Like, he carried that team a lot further than I think many people thought they would go. Um, moving on, Aaron Manedian. Uh, he's an interesting player because I was never too impressed with him when he played for the development team last year. But at the U18 he started to show that um, he can really play in transition and he can actually make quite a bit happen offensively. So if that part of his game keeps growing and he keeps showing that he can be aggressive, I actually wonder what his ceiling could be because I was shocked he made it to the fifth round. Um, I don't think he should have. I think he should have been drafted somewhere in the f- 55 to 75 range 
that's where I had him ranked. Uh, I was, you know, I was wrong on a lot of players. I was right on a few, but I think Aaron Manettian will be one of those players we'll look back at and say, how did he fall? Because he showed a lot at the U18s and it, it almost looked like he was just starting to come out of his shell. And that's, that's all you can really ask for from some of those players on the U18 uh, or that come from the, the national development team program, because you, you tend to get stuck. Like if you're not the guy, you end up getting buried beneath top 10 picks like Cole Hudson or, you know, Cole Iserman or um, what's his name? Uh, James Higgins. Like there's just that those U S development team programs are, they're so stacked with talent that you always end up finding a few guys that are um, not the guy and they end up just like their stocks always skyrocket after about a year. Look at Jimmy Snuggerud. Um, yeah. Great exactly. example. Like he, great... he, he wasn't the guy, but now he's, arguably going to be the guy for Minnesota this year in the NCAA and I his value is very high right now so I just want to point out one more thing before I move on so Manettian is going to be playing for Boston College this upcoming season so that team actually in the NCAA in the what was it uh, East Coast Hockey League or division right in the NCAA circuit uh, just got bolstered quite heavily Um, so he's, he's added to that team um, a couple guys that you might might not know or know of. Uh, Will Smith is joining that team. Uh, Ryan Leonard. So both top ten picks in, in this year's draft. I mean, also the, you know he's going to be on a team with Cutter Gauthier. So some very very good forwards there. Gabe Perot as well. So basically that entire line that was lighting up the USHL and the National Development Program last year. That entire first line is is all there on that team, and they have the reigning USHL goalie of the year, and Jacob Fallon is going to be backstopping this team. So, you know, if you want to take a guy that's in a good position so that he can succeed, I think Manedian's an astute pickup uh, for that situation. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of Manedian. I I almost put him a lot higher on my rankings, but I just didn't see enough from his regular season. I didn't want to base my entire ranking on the U18, so that's why he was. I think he was in my 70s. But either way, I think he's going to be a better player, um, and he'll he'll definitely overperform compared to his draft position. Uh, moving on to the Detroit Red Wings, we've got Amadeus Lombardi. Uh, he's going to be starting the year in the AHL, and I was. Uh, I was really impressed with him last year. I think he was a third round pick and I just, I didn't really know much about him until my friend Spencer took him in our startup draft. And I was like, oh, I've never really heard of this kid, but uh, he's got a really, really, really good wrist shot. I'm impressed with him. And he looked great last year in the OHL. Um, He was a hundred and two. Yeah. He had 102 points last year for the, for the Flint Firebirds kind of came out of nowhere he uh, he only had 60 points or 59 points in the year before so I would definitely keep an eye out for him you know there's not a lot of forwards in the Detroit system that are in the AHL right now most of them are just starting to you know just starting to come up you've got Marco Casper but like there's not a lot of forwards in that system and I think he could carve himself out a role so um if you want to get someone on the you know on the low right now get uh Get Amadeus Lombardi. Just a quick thing there on him. He's a fourth-round pick from 2022. So very recent. Um, like Kevin was saying, the offensive step forward definitely makes this an exciting kind of under-the-radar pick. So pick away. If you're a Detroit fan, maybe uh, you're looking for someone to pick up, maybe uh, Amadeus Lombardi could uh, could be the guy for you. 
Yeah, and the next guy is Andrew Gibson. He's also an OHL player. I think you'll notice there's a lot of OHL players on this list. I, I spend a lot of time watching the OHL, so I'm a little partial. But uh, Andrew Gibson plays for the Sioux. They've got quite a few good prospects on that team. Like you've got Bryce McConnell, Barker, um, uh, Kirill Kudryatsev we'll get to later. He's a seventh round pick of Vancouver. But uh, I really like Andrew Gibson. He kind of had an under the radar draft year. And I think that was just partially because he didn't have incredible offensive numbers. But um, if his numbers do jump this year, like Detroit's just got so many defensive prospects. I don't know what they're going to do with them all. Like they also drafted Brady Cleveland in the second round who I, I thought he was like a sixth or seventh round pick. But uh, in terms of, in terms of what does Andrew Gibson bring? He's, he's a, he's a very, very good defensive player. He only had 21 points last year, but he did play on the world junior team. Or no, he didn't. He played on the, uh, the U18 team. Sorry. I, I would expect him to get an invite for the World Junior team just because he is one of the better defenders that uh, that Team Canada potentially could have. If you look at what Team Canada currently, or what they had at the U18 team, their defense was just horrid. So they're going to have to find somebody that can that can actually defend. Um, he's, he's definitely a physical guy. He kills a lot of plays. The offense has to improve, but he's got an NHL-ready body, so... If the offense does improve, there's a solid prospect there. I was definitely, definitely struggling with Detroit. I'm not really a huge fan of their prospect pool. I love Nate Danielson, but he's not under the radar anymore. So, Definitely not. <laughs> but the, this next guy, uh, Kevin, do you want to talk about Matt Vey Petrov? Because I know how much you love this this uh, this prospect in the Oilers system. Yeah, Matt Vey Petrov... Um, the thing about the Oilers system that a lot of people haven't been, been paying attention to is um, there's a lot of guys in the Oilers system that I think are kind of on their way out. Like Raphael Lavoie, he's a solid player, but the AHL production has just never been there. And if you're if you're not producing in your first AHL season or your second AHL season, the chances you're going to be an NHL player just drop dramatically. So... With that in mind, if Madfai Petrov does not have a good first season in the AHL, you can probably write him off because he does tend to be a bit of a perimeter player. However, um, the reason I love Petrov is he has an uns- like just one of the best releases in the OHL. And um, his goal scoring dropped last year, and it was curious. But what I started to notice was uh, he was on the he was playing the the point at the power play, and. I swear North Bay probably scored like 15 to 20 goals just off of him feeding one-timers to Ty Nelson, who we'll get to later. Um, like his passing improved. His skating is really quite something. He can fly with the puck. He does tend to be, like I've said, he's a perimeter player sometimes, but the offensive skill is there in abundance. And um, if he ever gets a chance to play with McDavid or with Dreisaitl, Oh man, um, you could end up like he could be a league winner in the sense that you get him for very, very, very little and he ends up just like skyrocketing in value. Like I'm talking, I can see him scoring 30, 40 goals in the NHL because his shot is that good and he's just such a good offensive player. Um, there's so much to work with. I, I see him making the NHL. I see him, you know, I, I think he actually could be better than Xavier Borgo. I definitely think he's going to have more impact than Raphael Lavoie. 
Dylan Holloway. Like, there's just the Edmonton system seems to be chock full of prospects that are kind of mid, and Matvey Petrov has a chance to be the guy. So, if you can get him for little, like, do it. If someone's if someone actually values him properly, like I would, don't even bother. But you, if there's potential to get him for cheap, do it because the the potential is just it's it's really high. Uh, there's another player I really like in the Edmonton system, another Russian, Maxim, and it depends on what website you look at, but uh, Berezhkin or Beryoshkin. Big, big body. He's around 6'2", 220, or maybe 6'4". Let me just take a quick look here at uh, Elite Prospects. I'm, I'm doing all of this off of my memory here, so I apologize if I'm a little slow. So he plays for uh, Lokomotiv Yaroslavl in the KHL. He's had a bit of a slow start to the season. Yeah, he's 6'2", 215. Big body, can really move. The issue with his production um, is that he's not really getting a lot of playing time. It's He's steadily around 13 to 15 minutes a game, but that's... I don't know. I, I would love to see him make the jump to North America just because the skating, the body, just his, his overall offensive game is really quite impressive. And he kind of... There's, the Oilers don't really have anyone like him on their team. So I'm not sure what to make of him. I want to see him play more. Uh, I have him on one of my teams now, so I'm going to be keeping a close eye on him this year. So I'll, I'll report back later. But uh, based off of his statistical profile, he's a, he's a player to keep an eye on. Definitely. Um, I guess moving on now to the uh, Florida Panthers, <clears throat> we have a defenseman. In Evan Naus, he was a second-round pick in 2021, 6'285 pound defenseman. Um, I actually quite like him. I think he's a really solid kind of two-way defenseman. He hasn't really put up spectacular numbers in the queue. Um, last season, he put up 29 points in 40 games for the Quebec, uh, for the Quebec Ramparts, who were one of the best teams in in the QMJHL. So uh, they um, they were the best team in the QMJHL. They they won the oh, QMJHL. Sorry, sorry. You know what? And they won bad. the Memorial I Cup forgot. too. They also won the Memorial no, Cup. I forgot. And he was because, a um, very large part of that. So no, 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 because what was it? I confused it because uh, it was them and uh, what was it? There's only one other team that was really challenging them last. Sherbrooke. Yeah, it was the Sherbrooke Phoenixes, right? Yeah, it was Sherbrooke Phoenix who had Joshua. They had uh, a few other really good players. Uh, Jakob Brabenek we'll get to yeah. later. Um, they also had Ethan yeah. Gauthier. And then there was also Halifax that was pretty solid. But it was Quebec was in a class of their own last year. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, so definitely, uh, I think uh, I think this guy's going to be, uh, you know, he's capable of being a top four defense in the NHL. So um, to yeah. me, not really, not really like uh, – underrated or whatever under the radar but um to those of you that may might not follow uh you know prospects as heavily as you know kevin and i might um definitely i think a really solid pickup if you can if you can find him and get him on on the cheap or if he's just standing there on the waiver wire pick this guy up because that is a valuable prospect that you can get for free and another thing to keep in mind like florida's prospect depth is not similar to Boston like they're they're not a deep prospect pool so the opportunity will be there for him to get minutes um, another player on Florida that you know he's probably not under the radar if you have Twitter because Twitter scouts absolutely love this guy and so did I uh, and that's Grayson Souchin. Um he's gonna have the opportunity this year to finally show what he can do when you give him minutes he's 
almost in his entire junior career, he's been buried on really good teams. And uh, the reason I think people like him is he's just, you know, he, he doesn't complain and he just, he plays the game the right way. And he also scores a lot while doing it with limited minutes. Like he was a point per game player on the third line in Seattle last year. I don't know if um, people follow the CHL as much, but uh, if you're on the third line scoring a point per game, your team is either incredible or you're a very good player. Both of those things were true, but um, yeah, I, I think there's a reason he was ranked in the top 20 to 30 almost by most scouts. So definitely keep an eye out for Grayson Souchin this year. I think he could end up becoming one of the steals from last year's draft. Um, the LA Kings, I have a few players on this list. Um, Alex Laferriere, he had a really, really, really good year in the NCAA last year. I expect him to translate that into the N or into the AHL. Uh, another player from Kingston, or who played in Kingston, Martin Chromiak. Uh, he's he's might he might not be under the radar if you're an LA Kings fan, but uh, for the rest of the NHL, probably don't know much about him. He's more of a sniper, but I expect him to potentially crack that roster at some point this season. Uh, he's he's had a pretty solid year in the AHL last year, so definitely under the radar. But keep an eye out for Martin Chromiak, uh, the goalie situation in LA you want me to talk about this yeah you go because you you know more about Portillo than I do so yeah so Eric Portillo um he is a third rounder from 2019 six foot six 225 pound goalie from Sweden from Gothenburg um this guy was uh the starter for the University of Michigan their elite program and he what was it I mean two out of three seasons there, I mean, actually, well, his second season there where he became the full-fledged starter, he was arguably top three, uh, definitely top three uh, NCAA uh, goalie in the entire country. And then last year took, stat-wise, he took a, a bit of a step back, but that's probably because and I when I was watching a lot of what was in Michigan games last year because I have a whole bunch of prospects <laughs> from, their, from their program, um, there's a lot of uh, lack of de- defense uh, from from the players in front of him, so that's why his stats suffered as a result of that. But there would be games where he had to really carry the team and cover up a lot of defensive or lack of defense really overall. Um, very questionable on the coaching aspect on, on that end. But this guy is definitively, in my opinion, the go-to goalie prospect in the LA system. He signed a one-year a uh, two-way deal with them and almost as a prove-it contract to show that, yes, he, he is the man. He can make it. I think he's prime. He's in a prime position to overtake some of the other guys like uh, Matt Vilalta, who's been playing in the AHL. Uh, Vilalta is now in Arizona, so he has oh, very, very so little very little competition. Very little competition. There you go. And uh, every, is, you're looking at... Like every goalie in LA right now, uh, like Phoenix Copley, oh goodness gracious, it's it's a it's a rough situation right now in LA. But they're all over thirty, and they're all like career backups or you know spot starters. So uh, injuries or bad play, and I think Portillo or Portillo gets a chance. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, uh, what was it? I'm a fan of his. Um, I like him. And uh, what was it? I think that he's he's in a prime time position to uh, assert himself and get a get a what was it? Get into one of the uh, goalie spots for uh, for LA. I mean, that team is primed as a top three team for the Pacific, so could be real exciting times. Uh, yeah, for both him and uh, and LA moving forward. So definitely a 
I th- I would say an under under the radar pick that could that could end up being a gem. Uh, next, the last guy in LA is Matthew Mania. Um, I I really liked Mania's game. I thought he was going to be a top fifty pick, and then he f- slipped all the way to the fifth round. And I, I think there had to be some personal issues there because the talent, frankly, just doesn't resemble a fifth round pick. Yeah, he's way too good in transition. You would see him jump the rush and like finish on two on ones. There's just so much talent there. I I can't. He has lapses defensively. That's that's the big knock on his game. But um, you know, I expect him and Quentin Musty to have a, uh, a a renewed sense of effort now that they are NHL draft picks. And I expect to see their defensive games grow this year in Sudbury. Uh, if it doesn't grow, yeah, he's probably not going to be you know an NHL player. But the the offensive skill is there that you know if he does continue to develop you could end up getting a really solid asset out of Matthew Mania down the road. Yeah, moving yeah, on to no the definitely. Yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, it's we're we're running a little bit long here, so I want to keep us moving cuz I don't want this to be too long. Keep but, going, keep going, keep yeah, going. Yeah, so Minnesota, we're moving on Hunter Hyatt. Uh Hunter Hyatt I really like. He played for uh was it Saginaw last year? Man, I'm losing my I'm losing my mind here with trying to remember all these guys. I'm I'm sure he he was in the OHL. Yeah, was, he was he was Saginaw it's last pretty year. Pretty impressive. Yeah, no, you 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 hit you hit the nail on the head at Saginaw. He got traded, uh, I believe, lot in midseason, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't remember off the no. top of my head. No, he got but... traded the year before. I'm I'm wrong, but it's it's okay. okay. So um, no no no, he was traded last year. What am I talking about? He he played for Barry to start the year, and then he got traded to Saginaw, and he absolutely like just exploded in Saginaw. Granted. Saginaw has Zane Parikh, who's going to go top 10, I would expect. They also have Michael Miza, who's going to go first overall in 2025, arguably. So um, it helps when you have elite talent around you. But um, he's, oh, he and he does, he's supposed to be back this year in Saginaw. So um, that's a little bit surprising. I thought he would have made the jump maybe to the AHL, but actually, nope, two years. Nope, this is his last year in the OHL. I'm wrong. So... I would expect him to have a big year, like 80, 90 points this year, especially if he's playing with Misa and, and Parik all year. Like, that team is going to score a lot of goals. So, definitely going to be a fun year. Um, yeah. All right, moving on, we got Caden uh, Bonquier as as uh, was the next guy up on this list. So, third rounder from Minnesota in 2021. Um, kind of a bigger, stronger player, but he's sort of touted, and correct me if I'm wrong, as a you know power forward type player. Uh, six foot two, 190 pounds. He's 20 years old. He is actually going to be playing for the Iowa Wild this year, so in the AHL for them. So let's really see what he can do moving forward. But the previous season last year with the Kamloops Blazers and WHI put up 85 points in 57 games, 37 goals. So he can score goals. Um, but I think, in my opinion, he kind of profiles as like a bottom six forward based on the the skill set but he, he could make he could push himself up to being a middle six forward based on the uh the power forward archetype that, that he presents yeah i think you're right about him i mean i watched him a lot of the memorial cup and he he looked really solid you know he had a really he had some really good games against peterborough he showed in that last game against peterborough that he's uh, he's not willing to or he's not willing he is willing to get down and dirty uh, i believe he got ejected from that last game but yeah, he's he's a fun player. Um, I I expect to see a, a good year out of Bankier or Bankier. I'm not sure how it's pronounced uh, for Iowa this year. And uh, the last player we have on Minnesota, I I really tried not to include first round picks on this list. Uh, there's a few that I did include though. Danila Yurov is one of them. 
And the reason that I added Yurov was because he had a rough year in the KHL last year. And um, I think it soured a lot of people on him as a prospect. You know, 12 points in 60 games, it's not what you really want to see. The production was there in the MHL, but if you're a first-round pick, you should be scoring a point per game in the MHL, uh, you know, as an 18- or 19-year-old. But, you know, I think a lot of people were worried about him as a prospect, and uh, he's come out to start the year in the KHL with uh, Matilurg Magnitogorsk. I think I said that completely wrong but he's looked really good he's getting consistent playing time and he's starting to show why he was a first round pick so if people haven't been paying attention to the start of the russian season and you can get him on the cheap because of his um because of last year definitely go for it because i think he is going to uh, reassert himself as one of the top prospects uh, in minnesota this year moving on to montreal there's five players on this list in montreal because Montreal has a prospect pool that's just very deep. But there's some interesting names that I really like. And we'll start out with Adam Engstrom. Uh, he is criminally undervalued by just about everyone. And um, <laughs> I I'm, I will scoop him up anytime I can. He's looked, in, he's looked so good in Sweden. And I expect him to keep, to keep growing. I think he's going to be what a lot of Habs fans hoped that Matthias Norlander was going to be. Um... Just another defender that Montreal will have in the next year or two in Laval. So definitely get him if you can before he makes it to Laval because once he gets there, I expect him to uh, to become pretty well known. Uh, this player is not under the radar. Well, he might be. Mm. No, he's not under the radar. I don't know. He's so damn yeah. good. He could play in the NHL like right off the bat this year. He's that good. Uh, and that's Owen Beck. This kid, like I, I was so happy when Montreal got him at 33 overall because he had no business being there at 33 overall. Like they could have taken him where they took Philip Machar, and I would have been over the moon. Um, just like the epitome of like the safe pick, and he's turned into a. He probably is more than a safe pick. Um, when you when you are taking, you know, 700 faceoffs in your draft year and winning 60% of them, that generally translates. And uh, it did drop a little bit last year. I think he was around like 57% on the faceoff dot. But like, oh no, 57%. Like, you're talking about a potential Philip Deneau type player in a few years. And he is built like a Mack truck. Like, this dude is built. Um, he's hard to take off the puck. And he is like, he's nasty. I got to see him play a lot for Peterborough last year. And, oh, he, he makes the right play consistently. He loves to play defense. He loves to like. He loves to do what the team needs to get them like to win. Like Peterborough, Peterborough should not have beat Ottawa last year in the playoffs. They should not have made it to the Memorial Cup. Like the fact they beat London baffled me. Um, I saw Peterborough lose a game to Kingston where it was like, how? Like Kingston was not good. Peterborough had so much talent. Um, yeah, like Peterborough had a lot of issues last year, and Owen Beck and Brennan Othman essentially just said, you know what, we'll carry you all the way to the Memorial Cup. So, um, I love Owen Beck. So, he's going to be so good in a few years. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a bulldog. That's basically it to encapsulate. This guy's a bulldog, but he also has, he can skate too. He oh, can yeah. skate. There is some potential top six upside here. So, really, really exciting player. He's kind of like, if, Arturi Lekkinen was a center, sort of, in terms of how he competes. It's very, it's very fun to watch. He's, he, um, but like I say, Bulldog. I think he's a little bit more aggressive, to be honest. He doesn't quite have the size, but like, uh, I would say like Jordan Stahl isn't a bad comparable. 
Okay. Yeah. Early well, career I, Jordan Stahl, maybe. Like it's there's yeah. just like elite third line center. Maybe not yeah, like no, a player it's, comparable, it's, but like role comparable. Like that's what I see him being in the future. I think that's an excellent comparison when you say it like that. But moving on, you wanna you wanna tell us about um, Philip Massar because you mentioned him pretty briefly. Yeah. So Philip Massar, um, he got buried on the third line in, in Kitchener last year. I don't know why. He's so talented, but I think there was some work ethic issues. I I just think. let me rephrase that I don't think it was the work ethic I just think he was really not happy to be in Kitchener I think he wanted to be in Laval and it showed Um, he's going to be in Laval this year I expect and I would expect him to take a jump Um, if he doesn't you know it's going to be one of those okay well they missed on a first round pick I still think he has enough talent to be an NHL player but he needs to show that he's uh, he's moved on from last season because it was a rough year for him especially you know especially early he started to improve down the stretch but there was just too many games he tuned out so you, you want to see more from him this year uh moving on there was a player that montreal took in the draft this year that i didn't know who he was when they took him uh, he's he's a much older prospect and this is bogdan koniushkov yeah um I don't know much about him. I'm just going to be straight up here. Like he was a fourth round pick. He's 5'11", 175, 20 years old. But the production in the KHL is interesting. Um, you know, he had 25 points last year. He was, you know, he had a really good playoffs too. Five points in 10 games. He's getting 20, like 23, 27, 21 minutes a game right now in the KHL. That's, you know, that's a really good sign, especially for someone that's 20 years old. So I, I, I'm I not sure, I, I don't know much about him, but in terms of just under the radar prospects who it seems like nobody really knows much about, if you want to get him cheap, you probably can right now. I don't know how much longer that will last because Montreal fans tend to know a lot about their prospects. So... Yeah, well, moving on, one last guy on the Montreal list here, uh, Jacob Dobesh. This guy is awesome for a goalie prospect in terms of what you want to see. The equivalent of what his where his handiwork was for uh, Ohio State in the NCAA was uh, Ilya Sorokin. This guy was literally Ilya Sorokin for Ohio State. He was straight up the best player on their team. He carried them um, incredible. Even last year, his even though his numbers weren't as pretty as the year before, um, 918, 2.31 goals against the previous season over a 9.30 save percentage. I mean, this guy was a rock star in net. Um, so I expect that to sort of continue over in Laval. He will give his best effort, even with sort of development mistakes or whatever that might happen with our with our team down there. I think that this guy should should be in to get, like, to be a 1B. I think it should be a 1A, 1B situation down there this year for him if they want to, if Montreal wants to develop him properly. Um, because I think Caden Primo has had enough time to sort of at least try to prove himself, and I think Dobash could very easily uh, outwork and uh, outplay him if everything goes right for him. So definitely an intriguing prospect uh, in the Montreal system amongst the, the, the goalies. Yeah, and I've he definitely deserves, in my opinion, to be the starter over Caden Primo. I mean, we've seen what Primo can do. I Maybe he needs more time, but... I think it's time to pass the torch to, to Dobish, and I'm, I'm hoping they do. So uh, moving on to the Nashville Predators. 
I have one player on the list for Nashville. Um, it. I was looking at their draft this year, and I think like everyone, when they thought of Nashville draft players, they were just like, oh, they must all be super high upside because Barry Trotz was like, we're only going to look for high upside guys. So I had a really hard time <laughs> when looking for Nashville players. It was like, they're all high upside guys. But it's like, no. Um, I, I ended up taking like the safest pick they made, and that's Joey Willis because – I love Joey Willis. Like he's just a workhorse. Um, I love his game. He's he's like he's a coach's dream. Put it that way. The kid does everything you want on the ice. And uh, I was watching some uh, some videos from uh, from prospect camp. And uh, Joey Willis has hands. Like he's physical for 170. Um, he's he's surprisingly physical. Does not like has no issue just hammering people, which you know you love to see. The motor is just incredible, though. That's what you really see when you watch Joey Willis. Like, he is—he uh, was probably the highest motor guy in the draft last year. Maybe Easton Cowan. We'll get to him later. But um, yeah, I, I love Joey Willis, and I—I I think he's gonna have a really good year this year. And he—and he is playing for Saginaw, so like, they have offense. They do not lack yeah. offense. Yeah, M- moving on, the next guy on this list coming from uh, was in New Jersey. Um, I have in my pool, he's not underrated in, in the, what was in the community of those of us that really follow the prospects, but for those of you that are more casual, Seamus Casey for New Jersey. This guy is awesome. Mm-hmm. A little bit undersized, but he plays for the University of Michigan. Um, second round pick for uh, New Jersey in 2022, 5'10", 174. Fantastic prospect. Top four potential written all over him. He might be on the smaller side, but he defends really well. The defensive effort is always there consciously with him, so that's always fantastic. But his ability to read the game, process game, his vision and his playmaking is definitely great for you know in terms of his tool set. Um, the one thing I will say is funny enough, I think for him to succeed in the NHL, I think we might be kind of looking at a similar player in terms of what how he might have to play Jared Spurgeon. I think that's a good comparable for him. In terms of how Jared Spurgeon has to play, he has to play smart. He can't necessarily out-muscle guys. I think the same thing is going to happen with James Casey. One thing that he has to work on right now is not being out-muscled physically. So um, other than that, I mean, he has all the offensive tool sets that you want to see. may not be necessarily as game-breaking as or elite as like what we're seeing with Luke Hughes. But I think in terms of a well-rounded game, I think James Casey actually might have Luke Hughes beat, which is super controversial to say. But, I um, don't disagree sometimes. Like, I was really underwhelmed with Luke Hughes last year at Michigan. Um, he was, like, he was dealing with illness a lot in a lot of big games, which showed up because defensively he was just horrifyingly bad sometimes. Um, I ended up trading him because of the World Junior Tournament. Like, I regret that. But, um, <laughs> like, there was just so many games where I was like, Seamus Casey's clearly the better player. That's, that's egregious to say. I know a lot of people will be like, how could you? But... Um, the reason I put Seamus Casey on this list was because New Jersey has Luke Hughes and they have Simon Nemich. And it's like a lot of people are going to think, oh, Seamus Casey's buried. You know, he's he's never going to get big minutes. He could easily get traded. He could like you never know. And I, I just say bet on talent, like just especially with NHL players, bet on the talent. They will get the minutes as if they are good enough. It's it's the same issue with, with a guy like Jordan Spence right now. The kid is just buried right now, but. He, he's going to get traded or he's going to end up taking over like Tobias Bjornfoot or whoever, but just pick up players that have talent because eventually they will get minutes. Um, yeah. 
All right, m- moving on now because we we still got quite a bit of guys here on this. Oh, list. I know Come it's well, Kevin, so we we might need to move a little quick here. Yeah, so uh, New York Islanders, the only NHL player on this list that I have, Samuel Bolduc. I think he's going to take over for um, Robin Salo or uh, or. Uh, what's his name? Either way, I think Samuel Bolduc ends up getting some solid minutes for the Islanders this year. He played a lot of power play last year. Definitely like him. Uh, Isaiah George of the London Knights. He just signed his entry level contract. He's he was he's been buried behind Oliver Bonk, Logan Malieu, Sam Dickinson. Love love Isaiah George. He's just great defenseman. Um, pick him up if you can. Denny Nelson. He was a uh, late second round pick or mid second round pick of the uh, New York Islanders this year. Big, big, big body. Uh, he's got the bloodlines, so like, just keep an eye out for him. Um, we'll try to. We'll try to. We don't. We don't need to go too, too fast. But um, yeah, yeah. But the, mo- moving on here to to New York Rangers. Um, the guy that we have on the list here, Adam Sakura, second round, uh, second round pick in twenty twenty two, five ten, one seventy two, um, left handed forward for for New York. So this guy's actually a bit interesting. We've been talking about like offense and stuff, mostly speaking, you know, when it comes to prospects, that's what's sexy and stuff. But this guy's actually more of a defensive forward, actually, um, from what I'm seeing here. You want to tell us a bit more about him, Kevin? Yeah, so he's uh, he's just a great defensive player, really good two-way guy. I, I had a hard time finding a New York Rangers prospect that's under the radar because they're either all just really big names or just not projectable to be NHL talents, in my opinion. It's, it's really hard to find anyone under the radar so Adam Sakura kind of fits the bill um, I don't know how much production he's going to have in the AHL this year but he's going to be in the AHL and he's 19 years old so you know what that's that's always a good sign uh, if you're making it to the AHL after your draft year great sign so keep an eye out for Adam Sakura. he could you know he could surprise you in a few years um, moving all along to the Ottawa Senators uh, we've got Zach Ostopchuk he was the second best player on Winnipeg last year, in my opinion, behind Zach Benson. Um, I know some people would say, oh, what about Matthew Savoy? No. Zach Ostopchuk is better, in my opinion. Um, just a big, bruising body. He is so hard to take off the puck, and he can skate for his size. I expect him to carve a rollout in the NHL maybe later in the year, um, but he will he will carve out a role. Um, Hoyt Stanley big big body i love i love his game he was he was a bit of a draft uh, a twitter draft gem uh i i think he's gonna have a good year this year jorian donovan interesting player uh, his dad uh played for the senators at one point if i'm not mistaken um I'm trying to think I'm, i was about to say landon donovan but that's a soccer player oh my goodness i'm trying to think whose dad was his dad played in the nhl but anyways uh i think jorian donovan has a good chance to make it on the world junior team this year too so keep an eye out for that Moving along to the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, man, five players on this list. Zade Wisdom. Yeah. Uh, he played in Kingston. I loved Zade Wisdom. Uh, this kid will fight. He can score. He will He will do anything. And he had a really, really good first year in the AHL during COVID. Ended up coming back to the OHL. Um, basically missed a year, then went back to the AHL. He struggled last year. I would expect Zade Wisdom to... I hope Zade Wisdom refines the form he had during covid which sounds weird because um yeah like covid seemed to ruin a lot of prospects but uh no it made zade wisdom a really good ahl player so if he can refine that form i I would i would be happy for him Uh, jr avon uh, he was great for peterborough last year he was another undrafted free agent prospect um just a solid player i'm not sure if he's an nhl guy but based off of his development curve and how good he looked in the memorial cup 
you know, take a chance on him. He's probably going to be available in a lot of leagues. And if you just want a guy that, you know, he, he could carve out a role in two or three years. Uh, Denver Barkey. A lot of people had him in the top 35 or top 40 of their rankings. I think he was just around 45 for me. I love Denver Barkey. Uh, if there's anyone that's going to surprise that was drafted in the late third, I think it's Barkey. Uh, moving on, we got Massimo Rizzo. He got traded from the Hurricanes recently, I believe. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I like Rizzo. He had a really good year, or he had a really good career in the uh, the NCAA. Keep an eye out for him. Uh, Philadelphia just doesn't have a lot of prospects in the pool that are coming. They have a lot that are yeah. far away, but they don't have many that are um, coming soon. So like guys like Wisdom, Avon, Rizzo, maybe take a shot on one of those guys. I would, I would also add the next guy on our list to that, actually, too, Carter Southern. He's a kind of bigger defensive defenseman, 6'3", 203 pounds. He took him in the fifth round this past uh, year in the draft. Um, he plays for Portland, the Portland Winterhawks in the WHL. But what's notable is his D partner, Luke Cagnoni, who was a second-round pick for the uh, San Jose Sharks in this year's draft. Um, you say second-round pick? Was he, yeah, no. No, okay, he's a fifth-round we'll, we'll pick. What no, you... I'm talking. I'm talking about Kenyoni, not yeah. him. No, Kenyoni was a fifth round pick. Kenyoni. What are you talking about? Kenyoni fell, dude. It made no sense. Oh, you're right. Fourth round pick. Sorry, one twenty three. I'm, I'm saying that probably because of how we all projected him in, in our, and I think in our league he 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 was a second round pick or second or third round pick. But anyway, yeah, no, um, it's okay. Yeah, so basically, any any if you if you've heard or like. Luke, uh, was it Luca Cagnoni? You should like Carter Southern because Carter Carter Southern allowed Cagnoni to play the offensive end of his game. Southern was basically the Mark Mathot to uh, Cagnoni being Eric Carlson kind of vibe. That was basically the vibe of, of that partnership and uh, just a really solid defensive defenseman. Um, I don't think you'll see eye-popping numbers, but I also think that there it's not like he's atrocious offensively. I think there's a no. bit more potential than what people might realize. So surprisingly, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what he could do. Surprisingly good in transition, Carter Southern is. So keep an eye out for him. Um, all right, moving along, we got Pittsburgh. And oh, one more NHL player on this list. Uh, we got Drew O'Connor. Uh, he, I like Drew O'Connor. His, uh, his AHL production has always been really solid. Looks like he's going to start the year in Pittsburgh on the third or fourth line. There's, it feels like it's a guessing game of like, if a player goes down on Pittsburgh, who gets to play with Crosby? And, um, you know, maybe it could be Nylander. Maybe it could be O'Connor. Maybe it could be Andreas Johansson. Like nobody knows, but, um, you can get Drew O'Connor insanely cheap and he's going to play in Pittsburgh all year. So definitely a good under the radar player. Uh, Valtteri Pustinen, he's one of those guys that like Pittsburgh fans desperately want to be called up and just hasn't been yet. And he's 24. So if it doesn't happen this year, it probably won't happen, but I expect him to get a call up at some point because he's just, he's due for it. Um, the next player is Taylor Gauthier. He was an undrafted free agent uh, signing. He's a goalie. And uh, the reason I like Taylor Gauthier is because if you look at Pittsburgh's goalie depth, it's pretty suspect. Um, he's going to be the starter in the AHL this year, I think. It could be Joel Blomquist though. Uh, the only reason I would put Gauthier on that list is because he was undrafted and Joel Blomqvist was a second-round pick. So you could probably get Gauthier a lot cheaper. And he does have a solid year of AHL production under his belt. Uh, moving All on. All right, well, I was yeah. going to say, moving on to San Jose. Right, I'll talk about Canyoni and you talk about Thrun then. Sure. All right, so 
with Kenyoni because I was talking about his D partner and Carter Southern. Um, fourth round, fourth round pick. So my bad. Not a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't. That was not. That was not correct. But we corrected that. Um, so kind of the opposite in the spectrum terms of size. Southern's the big guy. Kenyoni is a smaller player, five foot nine, one eighty three, almost point per game in the WHL last year. Um, with Kenyoni, you have an OFD really smart. Um, his edge work is fantastic. So that really makes him elusive. Um, but his, I would say his vision is also in hand with that good. And as we went along here, I think he was starting to kind of figure out how to chain between his skating with the edge work, the vision and the passing all together that to really make him more of a dynamic force in the offensive end. Um, that's basically kind of a nutshell of what Cagnoni brings. But I think that he's definitely an exciting uh, a prospect addition to San Jose's uh uh, blue line in their prospect pool. If there's one reason you should you should get Luca Cagnoni, it's because he was actually undrafted going into the WHL, and he ended up making the team as a 16 year old, and he ended up becoming what a lot of people thought could have been a first round pick or an early second round pick. He did fall, and I I would suspect that's because of his size. Um, teams don't want to bet on you know five foot nine, five foot eight defenders, and I I don't blame them. It's the proto you know the there's not a lot of track record of those guys having success. However, if you look at his development curve, um, it's it's just been absolutely insane. Like you, you look at a guy like Luca Cagnoni and then you look at a guy like Cam Allen and you're like just complete opposite ends of the spectrum on how they've developed. So, you know, I would rather bet on Cagnoni than Cam Allen. We'll get to Cam Allen in a minute though. Um, the last player on San Jose is Henry Thrun. I think Thrun has a chance to have big minutes in the NHL this year. Uh, he played eight games last year for the Sharks. He's supposed to start the year for the Barracuda in the AHL, but I think they're going to end up putting uh, Shaq Mukamadoulin in the AHL and letting him maybe season for a little bit longer. I think Thrun ends up getting some power play time for the, uh, for the Sharks early in the season. I, I definitely think Thrun ends up playing solid amount of games in the NHL this year. So if you want to find somebody on San Jose, Henry Thrun might be the guy. Uh, Seattle. Oh, I love this trio we have for Seattle. Ty Nelson. um, We talked about him earlier. He has an absolute cannon of a shot. Um, And the reason I like Ty Nelson is he might be a little bit smaller. He's like 5'10", but he's built like a brick shithouse. It's really like he's almost 200 pounds. And it, it shows, like, he is physical. He will knock you off the puck, and he's not afraid to do it, but he's, like, his effort levels are just incredible. Like, you combine the offensive skill with his just balls-to-the-wall style of playing, and it's like, I love this kid. Um, he is going to make the NHL. He's going to be a quality player. I, I, I would expect nothing short of him being a solid second or third pair defenseman who can play power play a minutes. spark plug. Yeah, he's yeah, a spark plug. A spark plug. Yeah, uh, Ryan Winterton is the second player. He had a bit of an interesting development curve, but uh, if you watched him play last year in London, he was really driving that line with Easton Cowan and Denver Barkey, and his numbers were just incredible Like in the second half and in the playoffs. He was a big reason why London almost beat Peterborough in the finals. Um, the final player on Seattle, this is a, uh, I believe it was a second-round pick this year, around 50... In the fifty, uh, in the fifties overall, Carson Rakoff, he is going to have big minutes in Kitchener this year, and um, I believe he scored like five or six points in one of their preseason games. So you're starting to see 
um, you're starting to see him really take charge of that offense, and uh, he's a big, big body. Like They need a power forward in Seattle moving forward, and he could be that guy. Uh, the St. Louis Blues. There's two players on this list that I really, really like. Jeremy Biaka Butuka. His father played in the NFL for the Panthers. He was a he was a standout for a few years in Detroit at uh, development camp. Never got a contract. Went back to the QMJHL for a few years and uh, finally got a deal this summer with St. Louis. Could not be happier. He's like he fills just fills the stat sheet. He'll you know six seven hits a night, ten shots a night. He loves to shoot the puck, loves to hit. If you want a guy that could end up being a you know fifth or sixth defenseman that just just like fills the fills the box sheet that could be Biaka Bituka. their third round pick this year I believe he was 67 or 68 overall Uri Pekarczyk no he might have been 69 either way um, I love Uri Pekarczyk he he really improved his stock at the U18s he went from being a like mid to late round pick to an early round pick and I love Pekarczyk um, really showed off his skill at development camp I think he's going to start turning heads he was picked up third overall in the CHL import draft, although he's not coming over, if I'm mistaken. I think he's going to stay in Europe for a year. Um, he was drafted by... Oh, who was he? It was it was, an, it was a QMJHL team, but uh, he's going to be staying in... Where is he? Oh, he's in the USHL this year. That's kind of weird. Yeah, he's a little bit of a weird case because he's a, he's a Slovakian. So he, he came over to North America, played last year for his draft eligible year. Um, and uh, yeah, no, he's transitioning now. So definitely an interesting case, kind of like a reverse Mesiac sort of, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, like say. literally. It's almost um, exactly. So that's definitely interesting. But do you want to tell us a bit about the next guy? Uh, what was it on the list? I believe it's uh, Lucas Edmonds. Yeah. So now we're transitioning into Tampa now. Um, so Lucas Edmonds, he was a uh, he was a third round pick of the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2021 or 2022. What's interesting about Lucas Edmonds was he played with Shane Wright in uh, in Wright's last year in Kingston, and there was a lot of games where Lucas Edmonds honestly looked like the better player, dynamic offensive player. Um, my friend Stu, he's a big Toronto fan. Like he'll tell you, um, he was impressed with Lucas Edmonds a lot. Tampa doesn't have many prospects that are coming right now. Like it's it's going to be a while for Ethan Gauthier. It's going to be time for Isaac Howard. There's not a lot of guys in the system, and Lucas Edmonds would be one I bet on. Uh, the next guy, uh, another I believe Boston College. I think he's going nope, to Boston College. Uh, no, he's he's going to BU, oh. uh, Boston University. Close. He's Jack Harvey from from the USHL. He played for the Chicago Steel. Overager here was not drafted until recently. He's a 20-year-old prospect drafted in the 7th, 193rd overall. So let's see what Tampa can do. This is another late-round Tampa gem here. I will say... Um, he had, yeah, go keep ahead. going. No, I was just, just going to say, like, I watched a lot of the Chicago Steel last year. Like, I wanted to see what Macklin Celebrini looked like. Um, I watched most of their games against uh, Youngstown so I could watch Will Whitelaw. And uh, there was right. four players I noticed. It was Nick Moldenauer. We'll get to him in a minute. Um... It was Macklin Celebrini, Jaden Perron, and then Jack Harvey. I really thought, you know, it, it was mostly just like, oh, I keep hearing this Harvey kid, and he just keeps making plays. And it got to the point where I was like, you know, I wanted to look at him, and I was like, oh, he's 19. He's probably not getting drafted. And then he did. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, Jack Harvey, definitely keep an eye out for him. Yeah. What were you going to say? There was, there was something you wanted to say there earlier. Oh, I mean, 
you know, he kind of did that prototypical undrafted prospect thing, and he and then he got drafted. I mean, he put up 40 goals last year, 74 points, over point per game in the, in the USHL. So definitely a real, you know, solid season for him there. Um, but you know, let's let's see what he can do in the in the NCAA ranks now <laughs> for the uh, for Boston University, which I believe have uh, Lane Hudson as their uh, as their talisman there. Yeah, we, we didn't get to include Lane Hudson in this list because he's really not under the radar. So um, not, not at all, not at all. <laughs> uh, moving on to the Toronto Maple Leafs, three players I love. Uh, we're going to start out with Nicholas Moldenauer. Uh, we just talked about him a minute ago. He can skate. Man, this kid can fly. Um, he's big body too. He's not small. I think he's around 6'2". So I really like Nicholas Moldenauer. I believe he is going to the NCAA this year, and I don't know where. Uh, University of Michigan. That will be fun. Keep an eye out for him. He's uh, he's gonna be oh, a he's gonna be a bigger okay. name once once he starts playing with Michigan. He's gonna his stock is gonna rise. So you're gonna want to get him sooner than later. Put it that way. Uh, next wow. one. Next okay. one is Ryan Tverberg. He was a seventh round pick. Uh, he played for Connecticut. Um, he's just a he's a bit of a smaller kid, but he's stocky. He's not that small actually. He's he's around six foot. Um, He's a good skater, got a nice shot. Uh, he's really good with the puck. I don't know if he's going to be an NHL player, but for a seventh-round pick, he's definitely going to get a chance for the Marlies this year, and I really hope he takes advantage of it because I- I've been a fan of his for the last few years, and you know Toronto hasn't had any guys that have really come in as late-round picks and 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 you know performed well in the last while. So it's it would be nice to see them have one of those late-round gems. Uh, All right, well, last to end off the Leafs list here. I know how beloved he is, so <laughs> drumroll please for Easton Cow and Kevin. Yeah. Get away. Tell us all about him. The reason I'm not going to spend too much time here, but the reason I have Easton Cowan on this list is because uh, he was considered to be a reach in the draft, and I think for that reason some people won't value him properly. Uh, he was not a reach. He was – this was what happens when teams panic – because they don't have any other picks, and they say, we don't want to trade down because we know other teams are interested. And, like, it was one of those, you didn't know how far you could trade down and still get him because this year's draft was just crazy. Like, once you got past pick 25, it was just 25 to 55 were almost valued very similarly by NHL teams. And I think Toronto just said, we want this guy. We know he's going to be a valuable piece to our team when we want to win in two or three years. You know, as long as Matthews and Marner and, you know, as long as they still have that core, Cowan can join that core and be so, so valuable. He might never be a second-line player. He might only ever be a third-line player, but he will contribute to winning. Maybe not to fantasy, but I love the player. So, uh, moving on to Vancouver. There's three players on this list. Uh, The first one is Aiden McDonough. He can shoot the puck. He doesn't do a lot else. I would expect him to probably get some power play time in Vancouver this year Um, if he's not in the AHL he's going to be on the power play because he has a really good shot was one of the the NCAA's best goal scorers for the last two to three years so you know there's potential for him to be a third or fourth line guy that could score you know 15 to 20 goals he's he's got that kind of potential Uh, Kirill Kudryatsev we mentioned him earlier seventh round pick who plays for the Sioux in the OHL uh, really good skater, really creative in transition. I actually kind of was more impressed with him last year than Andrew Gibson. Granted, there is a year age gap, so it's it's a bit of a you know 
I, I want to see where Andrew Gibson goes this year, but um, definitely keep an eye out for Kirill Kudryatsev. Uh, the second round pick this year from Vancouver, Hunter Brustevich, another OHL defender. You know, he would be a first round pick in most drafts uh, based off of his production. You know, he was a big reason why Kitchener swept Windsor in the playoffs last year. That was a big surprise. I love Hunter Brustevich. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, moving on to Vegas. I only—I I really wanted to just skip Vegas because I genuinely don't like any of their prospects. Um, it's its a really rough, like they've traded just about <laughs> everyone they have to, like I, I didn't want to include Brendan Brisson because he's going to be in the NHL at some point. So I have Jakob Brabinec. You know, he looked good for Sherbrooke last year. Um, he's done well in international tournaments. I don't think he's an NHL player, but like, yeah, if you want to bet on anyone and just, you know, have a guy at the bottom of your minors, like he's not bad. Um, this one's not bad, actually. I like Isaiah Saville. Saville? I'm not sure how to say his name. Saville, um, I think. Saville, yeah. So he played a bit in the ECHL, got a late season call up to the AHL. You know, Vegas's goalie situation, as much as like it, it feels like it could be maybe cemented now, like it, it's still not, I don't think it's like cemented in, in place, you know, Aiden Hill or Logan Thompson. So I would maybe look to find a few goalies in the minors from Vegas. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really grasping at straws here though. Uh, moving along to Washington, <laughs> Vincent Iorio, uh, <clears throat> another I like him a lot i like him i don't like him a lot i think he's okay he's got some potential to to get a call up just because like i don't know what washington is going to be this year like their nhl roster just is murky in terms of like who's going to be on it so i think he has a chance to actually make the roster at some point the production is solid but i, I don't know um i i don't like washington's prospects to be to be completely honest with you i like ryan leonard um i like the next player a bit uh that's cam allen he's he's one of those players that like you never really know what's going on with kids when they're 17 years old like they could have personal things going on he could be living in a city that he just hates you never really know um the the pedigree is there for cam allen he was he was a projected you know top 10 20 pick early in the year ended up falling to the fifth round. If you're going to take a bet on a guy bouncing back, like having a Joshua Raw type, or Joshua Waugh, man, my French is rough. Um, if you want to bet on a bounce back, he's probably a good player from last year's draft to bet on. I still don't think he's, you know, I don't think he was worthy of a, a second or third round pick from what I saw, but yeah, if you're going to bet on a bounce back, he's probably a good one. Uh, moving along to the last team on this list, we are, oh, we're just under a half hour or an hour and a half. So, uh, let's spend a, a solid 10 minutes talking about these last two guys. Declan Chisholm. He just got an, yeah. EL, no, he didn't get an ELC. He just got a, a two-year deal or a one-year deal. Um, he just signed a, he just signed a new deal with Winnipeg. I believe it was a one-year deal, uh, two-way contract. He has some really, really good AHL production. Winnipeg could be in a bit of a transitional period right now, so there's potential for him to make the roster at some point and get some get some decent minutes. You know, if you're looking for a guy that could potentially fill in later in the season, take a look at Declan Chisholm. And yeah, I mean, oh yeah, yeah, we got was, time. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I mean, 
I think for his age and what he's doing in the AHL from an offensive standpoint, I think it's impressive. I mean, yeah, he's a minus player, but not all young <clears throat> prospect defensemen in the AHL can put up 40-plus points, which is what he put up last year. But up 43 points in 59 games, so that is that is impressive. There's something to be said about that. And even the previous season before that, he put up 30 points. So, again, from an offensive perspective, he can bring some of that – uh, fire to your team, and I, I think the Jets might need that, um, especially given the, the 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 huge changes coming for that team. Knowing what you know, what the the, the all the rumor mill is going mean, to it's going to increase and go crazy for Mike Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck. So um, they're definitely going to need some more offense. Where that comes from, who knows? But Declan Chisholm might be a, might be a contributing source to that. I expect the offense to come from a, a combination of like you know. Um, Brad Lambert is a is a Winnipeg prospect, right? I'm not, I'm not. He is, he is. Okay, so they've got Brad Lambert, they've got Colby Barlow, Ruck, Rucker McGroarty. They also have Chaz Lucius, do they not? Uh, I think he's a Winnipeg prospect. Yeah, he is. He's on, he's with the Manitoba Moose. Right? Yeah, so they've got is, Chaz Lucius. That's four like really solid offensive prospects. I'm I like the yeah. I like the future of the Winnipeg Jets. And um, you just you just actually mentioned a player who is probably going to get moved, um, and that would be Connor Hellebuck. So the question that a lot of Winnipeg fans are going to want to start to answer or want to start to ask is, who's the next guy? Well, they picked up a guy in the seventh round of the draft last year, Dominic DiVincentis. Uh, he played for the uh, North Bay Battalion in the OHL, and let's just say... Uh, if the draft was to be redone, he would probably be going in the top three rounds. I think that's a pretty safe statement. I would, I would agree. He had he had a great season last year, solid in the in the uh, in the regular season, but he really dialed his game up in the playoffs where it mattered most. Yeah, and uh, one thing, it's not relevant, but like his uh, his goalie aesthetic in terms of like the pad setup, the blocker, glove, stick setup, it's elite. Um, take a look; it's just. <laughs> Like oh man, both both North Bay goalies really really have the aesthetic down. I I'm that's I'm a big fan of that. Um, <laughs> no, but in in terms of uh, Divincenti's as a goalie, uh, yeah, he was he was the best goalie in the OHL last year in my opinion. You could argue Tristan Lennox, but it, it was Divincenti's for for me. No um, no no, it, yeah definitely definitely even yeah. But but the other the other part about him, we we talked about him you know a whole bunch before you know this episode. But we both project that he should be the uh, the goalie for uh, Team Canada's World Junior Team for this upcoming season. Yeah, very much is in a strong position to to have that position for himself. I would be shocked if he's not on the roster for the World Junior Team. I I actually think he will be the starter. Yeah, I, I agree. He's he's well placed to be the starter as long as North Bay doesn't fall off a cliff this year, which I don't think they will. And even if they do, they would probably trade him because generally. Generally, OHL teams are pretty good about, oh, if our team's not good, we'll trade our NHL prospects to start to reload. So um, regardless of where he ends up playing, if he does stay in North Bay, he should be pretty solid. But wherever he is this year, like he's probably going to be on the, the World Junior Team. So um, once you play for the Canadian World Junior Team, your stock, your stock will never really be low until you end up flaming out. So if you're going to get Dominic DiVincenti's, get him before December because... Once December rolls around and pros like the the development camp and the the selection camp starts, his stock will be rising through the roof. So, 
that uh, that pretty much does it for the uh, 80 under the radar uh, prospects for the NHL season this year. Uh, I want to thank my guest Evan Lee for joining me. Uh, is there anything you want to uh, anything you want to say before we finish here tonight? Um. Well, first off, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I hope it's uh, it's uh, useful for for all your listeners or for anyone listening to this episode. And uh, I would also have you guys, if you guys like hockey, definitely check out um, a podcast. I'm I'm a co-host of uh, the Real Housewives of Hockey. Kevin and I will, will between our two podcasts, we do a lot of sort of co-recording and work on episodes together. So if you like what you see here, maybe you'll like what you or what you, what you hear uh, from what we have on the Real Hospice of Hockey. So appreciate you listening in, and uh, just want to wish everyone a, a great rest of the night. Yeah, and just uh, before you go, uh, just a quick thing. So uh, our fantasy league, we uh, our prospect league starts tomorrow. Uh, who's in your lineup for uh, for tomorrow? For tomorrow? So I actually, you know, funny enough, I got two, half my guys. I mean, there's only four players I can start, mm-hmm. but half my lineup is actually guys on this list that we mentioned this evening. Uh, so I have Connor uh, Hipston from uh, the Anaheim Ducks. Carter Southern from the Philadelphia Flyers, Felix Nielsen, who's a second-round pick this year from Nashville, as well as Vyacheslav Butiat. So you guys might not know, but he plays for the v, uh, in in Russia in the uh, VHL, so third third division there in Russia. So that's my lineup. Kevin, who do you have in your lineup? Uh, in my first week lineup, which uh, is a little bit smaller than the weeks after, because we don't have enough, uh, not enough leagues are playing right now, so we had to shorten the lineup for week one. But I have Ethan Gauthier of the uh, Drummondville Voltageurs. He got traded this uh, this summer. I have Justin Kipke, who I probably should have added to the Arizona list because he had a really strong second half last year. Um, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, Viljami Mariala, we talked about him earlier, playing for TPS. And uh, another player we talked about, Jaeger Jaegerov of uh, Dynamo Moskva in the uh, MHL. I... I'm not going to lie to you, quite a few of my prospects have uh, made this list. I'm, uh, I'm a little partial. I, I, I believe in certain players more than others. And uh, I think that probably becomes pretty well known if you've listened to my podcast. I think I mentioned Easton Cowan at least once a podcast. So, yeah, I'm happy I got him in my uh, in my second league now. Yeah, no, Kevin was a proud papa when uh, Easton Cowan won in the first round his uh his opinions for him were more than validated and confirmed with that selection. So, uh, uh, it was a good job, Kyle Dubas. Or uh, yeah, before Brad Tree you, Living. Uh, good lord. Oh, that's that's true. No, that that was a Brad Tree Living pick. So yeah. you know what? Good job to lease management for making uh, Kevin feel great about himself. But uh, on that note, thanks for listening, guys. Kevin, I'll let you sign off and yeah. uh, end it here. No, this is uh, this is a great episode. Thanks for joining me, Evan, and uh, thank you for listening. Have a great night, folks.